0: Hello and welcome to this week's Renick Centre podcast. My name's Trudy Smith and I'm the Manager of Continuing Professional Education at the RIDBC Renick Centre. We're continuing our conversations with the lovely Quek family. We've got Gia back with us today to just talk a little bit around some of the challenges of being a parent of a child with, with sensory impairment. So Gia, for anyone who hasn't met you in our first podcast, and hopefully they'll go back and have a listen, can you please just introduce yourself to the audience? Hello, everyone. Um, I'm Gia. I am a mother,
1: first, and a speech therapist as well. I have a son, Christopher, who is hearing impaired, and I have two younger children. We live in New Zealand at the moment, um,
0: so we're quite fortunate (laughs) to be here. Sure. We're going to have a little bit of a chat today around some of the, um, the challenges that you experience, things that you've learned that you would do the same and differently so tell us about when Christopher was a toddler what were some of the things you learned from that that time with him? Um, Okay when he was a toddler it was really difficult
1: um, because uh, Christopher lost his hearing at two and a half Um, and prior to that I he was he was beginning to say a few words and combine um, Uh, words together and telling me things and all of a sudden they those words disappeared um Christopher has a younger brother who was beginning to be chatty and then when I went to see we were living in Indonesia then so I went to see the pediatrician and I asked I said okay what's going on why isn't my son um not talking and then um he said that um it is a belief that um, my eldest son, Christopher won't talk until the second one will start talking. So that was what the pediatrician said. So I said, I was I, I wanted to believe him, but at the back of my mind is like, why? He was already talking then. And then so because it's a new mom and um, I wasn't in this field then. Um, I was in the corporate world. So what information do I know about, you know, hearing impairment and all these things? And so I said, OK, that's what the doctor said. So we'll wait. So we waited and waited in the following year. It was still the same thing, like something is not right. What would you do differently? now um i think i would trust my instinct first of all and then seek other um a second opinion uh, because like i said when we were living in indonesia um there were very few um clinics who were Doctors were able to speak English, so I wasn't really free to go out and seek um, second opinion. And also because in the in the, um, in the expat community, you there there's supposed to be recommended clinics, and you're supposed to go only to those. Um, and I stuck to that because. We were foreigners. Yeah, yeah. We were foreigners um, in in a country where we, first of all, we didn't speak the language, um, and culturally, it was different from ours. So there was that fear as well. Like, okay, what if we go to this, you know, to this doctor or to this hospital? What are they going to? Um, give to us what information are they going to give to us um and then you know what if they you know what if they give recommend something that i'm not comfortable with and then if i don't do what they say will i offend them so i stuck to just
0: one doctor (laughs) Um, and yeah yes um, and that must, we hear this story even just in Australia, you know, parents or the doctors say, no, no, it's nothing. Or, you know, so I guess the learning is you're the parent, you know your child best, you know when there's something wrong. Yes, yes. You know, trust your instincts. Yes. <laughs> and so, what happened at primary school? Tell us a little bit about that period in Christopher's life.
1: Well, in primary school, none of the schools would take Christopher. Um, because they didn't have um, teachers who were trained or um, schools who were willing to take us. Um, so there were, there, we tried one international school um, who thought, okay, um, let's take him in. And then, because I'm a tiger mom, as you called me, <laughs> I was there to watch, you know, the school environment. Um, and then, when we took him to that school, uh, the teacher put him in one corner, and I said, "Why? Why is you know my son there and everyone's mm. up here in the front?" Um And I said, no, 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 I have to take him out of this school. Although that was the only school that would take my son, I said, no, it's not the environment for him. So I equipped myself with the skills and the knowledge to do literacy. And that's how I homeschooled him for a while. And because my, my two younger children were in another school, so I... Um, advocated for Christopher and I said can he come like even for a few hours or maybe just a few days um, and even just like to socialize in the thing and I also volunteered to do a lot of things <laughs> at school so that you know I could get him into school and that's how he started um, at primary school um, yes doing a lot of volunteer work and just advocating
0: for um, Christopher um, oh, he's been so lucky to have you in his life. So, what happened when he became a teenager? Because I, I, I know that when someone has a hearing loss, it doesn't stop them from being a teenager.
1: <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> um, so, at the time, we've moved to New Zealand, um, and he finished his. Uh, primary and middle school here in New Zealand. Then he went to high school. Um, So my husband and I were battling between um, putting him into a deaf uh, school, the NASH, um, and going to an alternative school. Um, And then, so I told myself, um, I told my husband that Yes, we should put him into the alternative school, because if I follow my thinking in the past, I want my son's world, Christopher's world to be wider, you know, not only signing, but being able to communicate with others. And because, of course, we are from New Zealand, I'm from the Philippines and my husband's Singaporean. So when we go visit, you know, our relatives, um, I want him to be able to talk to them. So American Sign Language or New Zealand Sign Language wouldn't work in our family uh, dynamics. So I said, okay, let's put him into um, unlimited school. Um, But um, thinking back, I think if I had to change something, um, oh, sorry. He spent a few years in the alternative school and then the last two years uh, of school we moved him to the deaf school. Mm -hmm. So if I had to do it all over again I would have chosen the deaf school instead of the alternative school um, because in the alternative school he was the only deaf Mm
0: -hmm.
1: um, person in the entire school. Um, So, he was isolated because one, uh, people didn't understand him. uh, They didn't understand being deaf. They didn't know how to deal with a person who's deaf. Although the teachers in the school was really willing to do much more, but it's just the entire environment wasn't, um, um, wasn't right for him. And then so the last two years of school, we moved him to a deaf school. And then he started to have friends. Uh, But then um, I think with Christopher, it always takes him two years to um, adjust to the environment. Uh, And by the time he got adjusted to the environment, he started having friends. He had to leave school. And therefore, he he wasn't able to develop real friendships. uh, to carry on after school. So, yeah,
0: um, I think that's that's what I would change. Yeah, and it's because, you know, in our previous conversation with Krista and, Upfer and I were speaking about the importance of his identity. Yes. And it sounds like that that's the second school really helped him to d- decide who he was and, and what his identity was. Yes, yes. That's great. And so as an, adult, an adolescent and an adult... What are some of the the challenges that you've experienced or some of the successes? Um,
1: uh, There are a lot of um, uh, successes, of course. Um, Christopher is an avid reader. So he he goes on his phone and reads um, the news and he he talks about um, things that he finds out in the news. And when we talk to him about something in the news he'll say but it's like this you know Um, and and even if we say oh did you know that yeah I read it in the news that's okay (laughs) Um, and then he has a very good sense of humor Um, so he will yeah tell us a lot of jokes um, and he will read uh, oh he'll show me a lot of um, things on the website that's um, actually very funny And so, yes, we will do that a lot. Um, He's very caring. um, So he's always like thinking about, okay, shall I get something for my brother? And, you know, I saw something for my brother because his brothers live in um, Australia. And so um, that is one thing. Um, He goes to a deaf club once a week Um, during school term and so that he's beginning to develop and he's going out there to um, communicate with other people. And when we're in, um, um, we're invited to friends' homes he will also initiate talking with them but then he gets really tired as well because I think if it's too noisy and he can't follow the conversation so that frustrates him a little bit. Uh, But of course um, now Uh, one of the challenges that we had was finding a job for him. Um, We were fortunate to, we are fortunate to have a friend who has um, a little supermarket and he's, and she said, okay, we'll get Christopher to come and work um, um, in a place. But then um, it was difficult for him because one, it was the first time he worked um, and I also didn't know what to expect. Um, they didn't have a structure, it, so it was like a fa- family business. So you know, you just do this, and then you just do that. So there was no structure. Um, and, the, and so after like a month, um, the I, our friend said, "I'm sorry, but you know, it was it was harder work for them." And and I really appreciated that they gave him a chance to um, work um and of course we have a friend from church who is a friend to the owner of the supermarket so um she said okay why don't we try I said okay yes let's try and so when we went to the for his interview, I was with him. And then, so I had to interpret for him because the HR manager didn't understand um, how Christopher spoke. And then, so she, he said, okay, then um, we'll take you in, you know, probationary. So um, during his um uh, what you call these the first day he was uh, shown what to do and where the things were so I was there I took pictures and then wrote some notes for him then when we got home uh, I printed the pictures and I said so what's this and then I said okay what do we write here what do you remember about this and then for um, the entire week we were just reviewing that and then so during his first day the first first couple of weeks I was always there, (laughs) (laughs) always there um, stalking him. (laughs) No, he knew I was there. Um, And then, so it's just slowly um, moving away. First, it was the entire time of his work I was there. And then I reduced it to like, a few hours and yeah. then <laughs> one hour and then I was gone. <laughs> so now he'll do shopping for us, and I'll just write him, okay. I want, can you please buy this and that? And so he'll he'll do everything. Um, and he'll say, Oh my I bought this
0: because it's on special, not this, like,
1: yay. <laughs> yes,
0: excellent. <laughs> so he's becoming an independent man. He is, he is, he is. <laughs> yeah, that's great. I, I'm curious about um because you've worked with a lot of professionals over your time with Christopher. Did, were any of the professional practices challenging for your culture and your family values? Um, yes. Um,
1: like I said, we, we lived in, in, in um, the US and um, the the American culture was so different. I mean, I'm so used to, um, uh, being with the Americans because my family lived there and in the Philippines we lived in the city where the American bases were so I was familiar but um, uh, it's just that they wanted us to do things like for instance you know do sign language but they didn't think about you know what is your family life like you know why why do you want to be oral? So they just wanted us to be, to use sign language because it was convenient for them rather than thinking about what works for my family. So yeah, that was that was the, the most challenging um, part of it. And then just, um, I think um, the entire time it was just like, okay, we'll only take children who are, who can be successful in our institution. Um, And if you're not, you know, um, doing much, then we'll
0: let you go then. Yeah, Yeah. I think that that's, I I don't think it matters where you live to be honest with some of those, (laughs) you you experience it everywhere as well. Final question. If there's one thing you would do differently or advice that you might have for other parents, what would it be?
1: Um,
0: what worked for me is
1: um, after all of my um, our experiences, um, that I think um, if we had taken Christopher to the deaf um, school where he could be like everyone else yep. <laughs> and not stand out, um, that was what I'm going to do if I had the chance to, um, just because I think friendships, relationships are important. Uh, Now it's difficult for Christopher now to go out there, um, build um, relationships with Um, a hearing person or with a deaf person because he's neither here or there Um, yes so that's what I'm going to uh, change that's the that that works for my family
0: it might not work for other families absolutely and it's always individual but look it's been it's been such a joy to talk to you three the two of you over these three podcasts so thank you so much for for sharing your story sharing your insights I think be lots of people besides myself who found this both fascinating and incredibly useful so thanks so much for your time thank you so much